Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting weekend preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, Thursday night, hope you're well. Mark O'Hare here from We Love Betting to steer the ship towards the weekend value from the Premier League and beyond with me as ever to discuss all the odds, all the lines and the markets and hopefully the best bets is the long shot extraordinaire, Tom Love. How you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, um, very well after that again, a, a hat trick of long shots, very... Very rare that that happens, and they've all been at decent enough prices. I think I've smashed your 7-2 threshold out of the park, to be honest, mate, with a, a couple of 10-1s and an 8-1. to one. So, yeah, absolutely delighted with that. Um, we had a really good podcast in all last, last week. I mean, we pretty much nailed the Atletico game against Barca, looking at unders and getting Madrid on side, obviously, with a, a traditional 1-0 Atleti win in the end. Um we also nailed the Spurs game, looking at opposing a high goal line, getting a few cards involved. Uh, and the next best one as well, we've done the United coming from behind uh, to beat Hamilton. Give us a bit of a fright there, but they went out to around 16-1. to 1, um, But managed to get the win in the end, winning 2-1, which is good. Um, and we put up a Matt Target for a card as well in the Villa Brighton game at 13 to 2 thought that were a massive price and that came in um left backs against Brighton definitely want to keep an eye on Tariq Quamty drawing a lot of fouls this season so whenever you're getting a price like 13 to 2 on a player who doesn't mind a card I mean we've got to gobble it up so yeah very profitable in the end so delighted with that and hopefully another one to come this weekend yeah, fingers crossed, superb work. And not to be outdone, the penalty professor, Will Dyer, you're at the winner's enclosure as well. I think your nap and your next best one, as well as some others. Well done. How are you? Thanks, mate. Yeah, pretty good. Being being kept quite entertained by Tom's uh, partridge and office-based gifts on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good it was a good podcast last week. I didn't quite have the, the hand of God like Tom does with his long shots, but... Um, Mion Darlin didn't manage to get over the line after a good start in, in that game against Godset for my long shot. Uh, but we missed out by, by two goals in the end for the 15-4. to four. Uh, But we did have Swansea to beat Rotherham and under 4.5 goals at Shade under evens as the nap. That came in with a, a 1-0 victory, I think it was. Uh, and then Liverpool um, beating Leicester comfortably was also 19-20. to 20. Uh and then Spurs City didn't go didn't go my way really with Torres to score any time and Aurea to be carded as two kind of longer shots. But I might have a similar approach with Aurea this week. Um, and then uh, can't you can't just give up after one game on a on a five to one shot. Um, and then Atleti v Barca we did have um, Atleti over three point five cards and over zero point five Atleti in the second half at fifteen to eight that one after a tirelessly went through the 24-game run of cards for Atletic versus <laughs> Barcelona. So, yeah, good podcast. Yeah, tremendous stuff. Uh, that was certainly one of my favourite stats from last week's podcast. Great work. But uh, as you all heard, listeners, tremendous effort from the guys last week. So if you could, we don't ask too much, but we'd be eternally grateful if you were able to 
to share the podcast on social media when we do post about it. Um, the guys put in countless hours of research and getting this podcast put together. So, um, yeah, the more people we can get to listen to it, the even better, really. And hopefully the winners will continue to flow. So thank you, listeners. And also thank you to the guys for the hard work. But um, we're going to move straight into the games now. Um, we'll preview the big game in the Premier League to begin with and then move on to Europe. Um so the standout fixture in the Premier League is probably Super Sunday showdown from Stamford Bridge. Chelsea against Spurs. Chelsea 11-10, that's 2.1. Spurs 11-4, 3.75. And the draw is around 13-5. to um, You know, this is the, the biggest game of the weekend. I also think it's probably one of the hardest on paper to, to call or, or to settle, really, from the traditional markets. Um, the lines and handicaps all look pretty much bang on to me, really. I did want to come into this match looking to try and back under three goals on the Asian line uh, and possibly have the draw on side in some way or form. But uh, nothing really inspired me. So I'm hoping that uh, you guys have got something better up your sleeve. So I'll come to you first, Tom. What's the play? So, yeah, what what we're going to do here with the Chelsea game is pretty much do what we did with the Spurs game last week in opposing uh, opposing goals and getting cards on side. Um, So I'm going to go into the Bet365 Bet Builder market again. And you can actually get under four match goals and each team to have over zero cards at five to six. So that's 1.83 in decimals. I think that's quite nice. Um, it's actually landed in the last six head-to-heads between these two. Um, obviously, they're not the best of friends, so you could expect quite a few cards. I mean, ever since that game, was it... Um, the one where Leicester ended up winning the title, where there was pretty yeah. much seven cards apiece. The Battle of Stamford Bridge, as they called it. Um, I think that there's kind of been a rivalry there that's kind of been further ignited ever since. And yeah, each team have picked up a card, at least in all six of the last meetings. That's including cup games too. Um, and there's been under four goals in the last six as well. So it's not really a game where you associate it with too many goals. Um, so, yeah, that'll probably be my best player here. Just looking at the ref, um, it's Tina, who's actually been okay this season. He's, he's given um, three, five, four, and six cards. Uh, and he also gave just one card in the Chelsea-Liverpool game, which was that red card, of course. Kind of killed the game. But apart from that, it's been pretty decent by Prem standards anyway. So, yeah, I think that there should be a few cards here. Um, both teams are looking pretty good at the back as well. Um, I think both teams' the scores a bit too short, around four to six, so a bit shorter than that. I wouldn't be touching that, to be honest, especially with how rare it's landing in both sides' games of late. Spurs looking much better at the back. I really like what I saw from Aurier and Regulon. Fullbacks really just shut out Man City's wingers and they'll have another tough time. Um, I think that it's going to be quite tight. I won't put anyone off the draw at the price at around 13 to 5. Um, I could easily see maybe a 1 1 here, so maybe a correct score to dabble in. But yeah, my main bet will be that bet builder under four goals and both teams over zero cards. Um, I'm also going to just jump into the props market, a player that looked a bit big was Mason Mount, if he starts. He's 5-6 uh, to six with Betfair to have a shot on target. Now, he's averaging 2.3 shots per game this season. He's also had a shot on target against Ren midweek, 
also against Sheffield United and two against Burnley recently. So three of his last four starts, um, he's managed a shot on target. And he's kind of that key player who tries to get involved. He, he probably needs to add a few more goals to his game, I think. But um, if he starts in that front three, I think that five to six on him to have a shot on target looks a bit too big for me. He's around one to two in places. So to get five to six is quite generous. I don't think that that will last. Um, so I'll have a little little play on that as well. He's around nine to two for two shots on target as well, if you fancy that. Um, I think that has landed in a game against Spurs that he's played um, in the last couple of years as well. So maybe one to ponder there. But yeah, my main bet will be that bet builder. Nice stuff. Rinse and repeat from Tom and hopefully the same from Tottenham from last weekend also. So moving on to Will, uh, Tom's already mentioned it. Paul Tierney's the referee. Have you found anything exciting for us to tuck into? Yeah, um, quite quite fancy um, a play based upon the ref Tierney as well. But um, uh, he's, he's not very good on penalties at all. Um, and there was going to be a play on that, which he might wipe out. But I'll, I'll first set out my stall based upon... Um, uh, the data really. Uh, I also agree that Chelsea at 2.1 or 11 to 10 look uh, look a bit short. Uh, a large contributor, probably contributor to that price, is the fact that Chelsea excel on overall data on the xG ratio. But if you dig a little deeper, you'll find that Spurs actually top it from from open play. Uh, 15 of their 21 goals scored come from open play, whereas um, only 11 of Chelsea's 22, so 50 percent. Um, are coming from open play. Um, yeah, Spurs are creating uh, 1.25 goals per game uh, from open play, which is 71% of their total. Um, and they're giving up just 0.35 against from open play as well. So their downfall is really coming from set pieces, where they're, con- uh, they're conceding like 68% of their goals from set pieces, which is super high. Um, whereas on the other hand, Chelsea are actually... Are conceding more of their chances from open play um, and relying themselves on set pieces for goals. So it would point at, at Chelsea probably a set piece. Uh, but then again, a lot of that is down to penalties. Uh, Spurs have only been awarded two, whereas Chelsea have had four. Um, and they've conceded, Spurs have conceded three, whereas Chelsea haven't conceded one yet. So uh, it, it did make me look at penalties, um, which unfortunately... Tierney is really low, second lowest lifetime on um, because there is a price on Werner to score a penalty. Again, I, I tipped it up a couple of weeks ago. I think this price will shorten again at Bet Victor. He's 15 to 2 to score a pen. He's taking them instead of uh, Jorginho these days. So that is possibly a play, but it's probably a small one because the ref is not great for it. Um, thinking alternatively, Kurt Zuma has been all over the goals uh, this season. He had three goals in eight starts. A lot of people are pointing out how good uh, Hakim Ziyech's delivery is. He's 11-1 to to score any time, which I think is possibly even actually a stronger fancy for me than Werner uh, to score a penalty, Uh, considering as well that Spurs, I mean, they're mid-table for corners conceded, um, where Chelsea is sixth most for corners awarded. So you'd probably look in at a free kick or a corner, obviously, for Zuma to score. So that's a a decent angle as well. Um, Interesting as well that 46% of the shots Chelsea concede are outside of the box, which is most in the Premier League. Um, I think if we think about this game again, we it was frustrated last week really when we pointed out that um, the shot dominance with City against Spurs, and then it went exactly that way. 
where they scored their two goals from uh, from only four shots and, and City couldn't score from having 20 plus. So um, I think we've, we're clearly seeing Mourinho's uh, style paying off now and people thought he'd kind of maybe lost it a little bit in the Premier League, but that definitely seems to to have come back. Um, and yeah, Spurs are obviously top of the league. So um, my... My kind of take on on it is really that I think Tottenham plus zero point five Asian handicap at, at five to six with bet three six five is is um is a good bet. Um, just think that they're doing a lot of things very well. I expect Chelsea will have most of the ball. Their, their possession is only second to City's in the in the standings at the moment. Chelsea fifty eight percent possession, but Harry Kane's been absolutely brilliant. Nine assists. I had wanted to see maybe if there was a price up on him to have an assist, but there isn't anything yet probably consider it if it was three to one or more um but i think that chelsea uh, that spurs will be able to punish chelsea with what little they do have of the ball because of when they are when they are attacking from open play they're very good whereas chelsea are maybe not so much and i think that that set piece reliance on chelsea may you know they may be over indexing at the moment for that and they're unsustainable so so that's my main play is tottenham plus 0.5 agent handicap and then as pointed out last week, I, I fancied Aurier to be carded. This is another big game. He's currently 24th of all players in the Premier League for fouls per game at two, two fouls per game this season. Uh, he's obviously only played a few games, but um, last season he was in the top 40 as well with around 1.2 fouls per game. It's another big fixture. He got carded against uh, Chelsea in the EFL Cup in September. So at 4-1 to one at 888 Sport, I think that's also... Uh, that's my second favourite after the Asian handicap. Okay, great stuff, guys. Uh, look forward to the game on Super Sunday uh, this weekend from Stamford Bridge. But we're going to look at the big game in Europe now, as usual. Tom put out his poll to see which game he wanted us to cover, and it was Napoli's match on Sunday night uh, against Roma that won the vote. Uh, it will be an emotional night in Naples after the sad passing of Maradona on Wednesday. But uh, going into this game, Napoli are 11 to 10, Roma are 23 to 10. Uh, this should be a really fun fixture, actually. Um, both sides really excel in forward areas, um, particularly Roma. When you look at the players, like of Pedro and Mkhitaryan, really enjoying Indian summers at the moment. And Edin Dzeko should be back in the fold as well. Uh, you've got Paolo Fonseca, a very forward-thinking head coach. Uh, under him, 70% of Roma's league fixtures have gone over two and a half goals. 65% have paid out for both teams to score backers. And despite Catoso's uh, history um, as a, you know, a biting defensive midfielder, his team at Napoli have only kept six clean sheets in 30 Serie A games under his watch. And in nine of their 12 um, against the big six, over two and a half goals. And BTTS, I think, have landed also. So... Yeah, quite looking forward to this game. Should be plenty of goals, plenty of entertainment, particularly if you saw both teams and their fixtures against Milan in recent weeks, uh, all full of goals, full of cards, uh, full of action. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Hope you guys are too. But uh, Will, what are your thoughts on Napoli's match against Roma? Yeah, big, big game, obviously, with Maradona's passing. This is also a derby del sole uh, that I don't really think British fans, unless you're big on Serie A in the 90s really know a whole lot about just because location wise they aren't that close but just due to the northern dominance of Serie A um, this is actually quite a big match um, and yeah I fully agree with you on all those data points basically they're, they're very the two very forward-thinking teams Ex, uh, the uh, average goals per game at the moment in Serie A is 3.31 per game 
And these two point to, I mean, some of the bet they're the best two for expected goals for in the league so far. Um, they've probably, particularly Roma, have been unlucky. Uh, sorry, not Roma, Napoli have been unlucky with um, obviously the walkover against Juventus when they didn't turn up with, uh, due to authorities' restrictions telling them not to yet. Yeah, the league telling them that they should, and then they got deducted a point and a 3-0 loss. So they should have only conceded five goals according to the, the data, but they've conceded uh, eight, or is it 11? I can't even remember. So yeah, I think it's 11, yeah. Um, and our last game as well, Bakayoko got sent off against AC, so you'd argue that maybe those loops conceding three there probably wouldn't have happened without that. Um one big thing I've picked up on is the Roma injury crisis at the back. Um, they have a big stretch of three matches here. With They're playing uh, Cluj tonight. Then they play, obviously, Napoli on the Sunday night. And then they're playing Young Boys next Thursday, um, where they, there's a lot of a riding on these games. Um, and they've just been decimated, really. They've, they've lost um, Ibanez and Mancini. Uh, Smalling has got a knee injury. Kumbala, who probably isn't someone that normally plays, but that's someone that they would look to, and Fazio, both with coronavirus. So they would uh, basically basically only have Juan Jesus um, at centre-back, and they'll probably have to bring in Cristante to play alongside him with some, some wing-backs pulled in then maybe further back than they would normally play. So that's going to be interesting uh, for them. Um, yeah. Uh, what else have I got for this? Um, Koulibaly, I think has clearly been a massive um, success at Na- in Naples and the fact that he's remained there this season has contributed to that defensive strength. But they will have um, quite a tough time against some of Roma's attacking players. One thing as well I picked up on was Mkhitaryan, how well he's done on returning to Serie A. He's, he's had 5.9 expected goals this season, which is second only to Zlatan, but, but Zlatan takes pens. So... Um, he's benefiting uh, from penalties. So basically, Mkhitaryan is the highest uh, per game in in the league. Um, however, so and you can get him at three to one to score any time of eight eight sport. Uh, if we think it's going to be a high scoring game, I think that might be a play. Um, but but six of eight of Roma, six of Roma's eight games have been against teams um, in ninth or lower. Whereas Napoli have actually had to play four of the current top seven um, after they played this game. They will only be into that they haven't played, obviously, because they're in the top seven themselves. So that's been a tough start for Napoli. And the fact that they're up there like that, I think, is really, uh, really big for them. Um, this fixture will mean even more now going back to San Paolo, which may even get renamed uh, uh, after Maradona. I'm not sure what will happen with that, but uh, it's a huge match for them. But um, I just couldn't really settle on anything, really, on the, on the game uh, 1x2 wise. So... I looked at the ref. Um, it's Marco De Bello. He's given nine penalties in his last 15 matches, um, mm. which is quite high. <laughs> uh, red cards-wise, not so much. I usually quite like Sunday night European games. It just seems to be more drama. I've never really looked at numbers on that, whether that's true or not. But you know, previous podcasts, we've pointed at a lot of derbies, like Leon San Etienne. There should have been one in that. There was one in Valencia, Hetafe, not a derby, but a red card in a Sunday night 8pm game. And I do usually think of that, but I think penalties is the play here. And a really a stat that I love, DiBello has refed Roma four times this year and he's given them a pen in every single game. Uh, <laughs> and he's only given, like I said, nine pens in his last 
15 matches. So the fact half of them he's, he's given to Roma, um, you know, I'm not saying, suggesting that uh, that's there's anything fishy going on there, but um, it made me look at that price on them. And Veratout is taking pens these days for Roma, but he's only seven to two to score to score any time. Instead, you can get thirteen to two on Roma to score a penalty in with Bet Victor's um, Bet Builder option, uh, and I think that's a really good play. Uh, expect that price to probably drop as well. And also another interesting one, just surely on the fact that this is the derby. Um, huge importance, Sunday night. DiBello has given, uh, in 13 of his last 20 matches, he's given each team two or more cards. And it's 5-4 uh, to four with Bet365, which I think is a, a really big price, really, for a derby in Serie A. Um, so that's my main play. Nice. A scene set to there from Will. So over to you then, Tom, for your favourite bets at the San Paolo. Yeah, it's kind of on similar lines, but kind of going slightly against what Will's mentioned. Um, I'll just start off with the the fact that there should be goals here as well. I'm completely on board with what you said, Mark. I think um, if you just look at the XG table, they're both right up there, aren't they? I've been really impressed by Roma. Um, they've had 20.6 XG4 and 9.4 against. So that's a really strong ratio, around 70-75%. Um, but Napoli yeah, probably had the harder run. Um, and they're still up there as well. So it's pitting together two that could really go all the way and uh, compete for the title for the Scudetto in what should be a really entertaining Serie A season once again. There's so many teams who are, are really putting their case forward. Milan back at the best, and you'd expect Juve and Atalanta to up it again. Uh, Inter as well. There's a whole host of teams that could be right up there. So this is a this the league that I'm going to be focusing more on than most from a watching perspective anyway. I'm going to be much more engrossed in this than the Premier League. Um, so it's a great league for goals as well and all action. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting goals here. Uh, you mentioned the stats about over two and a half. Landed in 15 of Roma's last 17 in the league. And it's, um, it's landed in 11 of Napoli's last 13 at the Sao Paulo. So I'm expecting goals for sure. And uh, over two and a half goals around four to seven, which I think is about right. I, w- I wouldn't really say that that's a massive value bet or not. Um, I think that's pretty much bang on. Um, but just try and get a little bit more out of it. I've, I've kind of looked at the cards angle and tried to oppose it um, just because these two actually rank 19th and 20th for cards this season. Um, Roma have picked up 10 yellows and no reds whereas Napoli have picked up 7 yellows and 1 red quite a few of them came in that game against Milan as well so they're, they're not the dirtiest teams by a long stretch and Di Bello has been decent enough for dishing their cards out quite equally um, I could see a scenario where both get two cards um, and we have another joint winner here with me and Will but I think that um, back in un- under both teams have under four cards and over two goals in the game. It's 11-8 to eight on the bet builder with bet365. That really does appeal to me, given the stats on both um, teams' discipline records this season. You do wonder if it'll be a real fiery game, if this kind of emotion that's in the game festers itself into something where it's a bit more um, frenetic and 
kind of passionate or if it, it's kind of a bit more sombre. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think that um, the Bello averages around 4.8 cards per game, lifetime. Um, so it's pretty average by Italian standards. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be more inclined to kind of oppose cards given the refs relatively average for them and the teams are, are both the bottom two for cards this season. So I like that to squeeze a little bit more out of it. 11-8 uh, on over two goals in each team under four cards. And um, we did do a Roma game earlier in the season, I think. I think it was against Juve. Might be wrong. Um, but we did put up Spinozola, who's the wing-back for Roma in the shots market. I'm really surprised to see his prices again um, with Coral and Ladbrokes. He's 10-11 to 11 to have a shot in the game. And he's 5-1 to one to have two or more shots, which looks really big. Uh He's had a shot in five of his seven league games this season, uh, the games that he started anyway. He's had two or more in two of them. So I think that given his position in this team and this system under Fonseca, I think that he's a really key attacking player for them. Likes to get in at the back post. Um, I think the way to make money this year more than most is to look at fullbacks and how their roles are changing. They're really cropping up a lot more for shots. Uh, shots outside the box etc and they are getting in the box a lot more um there's kind of you've seen a lot of teams play two defensive midfielders and three center halves um and really pushing the wing backs right on and that's really the case with the Gilo Rossi this season and I think that his price here uh, for one shot is too big to ignore at 10 to 11 so that'll be a main player of me I'm gonna back the two at five to one as well um, just have to say, he's only played um, three lots of 45 minutes in the Europa League as well, but he's had a shot in two of his three. Um, so he's proving that he is getting the shots off. Average 0.8 per 90 last season. Um, that definitely went up in the second half of the season when they changed system and they played him a lot more. Um, he, av- he averaged 1.3 per 90 when he was at Juventus as well. And uh, 37% of Roma's play comes down his side compared to 29% on the right. So, yeah, I'm expecting him to be a key outlet for Roma here. Um, He's just overpriced in these shot markets because he's listed as a defender. He doesn't play as a defender if you watch him. He's um, kind of one of the attacking five. So, yeah, I really like that. Um, But my other bet, my main bet will be that bet builder. But do have a look at Spinner's well in the shots because um, he's just too big yet again. Yeah, I agree. It's a great find on uh, Spinner's Ola in the shop markets. That was Sunday night's game between Napoli and Roma covered. Um, right, let's get down to business, uh, the bets that everyone wants to hear. So we're going to go in reverse order of long shot, next best, and then the naps. So we'll start with Will for your long shot, please. A bet at seven to two or larger. Yeah, let me take you back to a previously postponed uh, tip <laughs> that I'm and that rolling. Was coming. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> it's roll, rolling back out. Uh, Oxford Swindon A420 derby. Uh, the ref has changed, uh, but yeah, there've been five reds in the last four meetings, um, and at least one in each game. Uh, no, I've got no data on it prior to that because the lower league data just doesn't go back that far. But it, uh, just from personal experience, it's always been a very uh, dirty affair. Um, and Oxford, 
uh, were the third most fouled team last season um, and they gave the fifth most fouls. While this season, they're actually the most fouls in the league. Uh, this was the case when I tipped this originally and it's still the case now. In fact, they're averaging more fouls per game than they were then. Uh, they're on 17.2 per game uh, with Swindon at 14.7. So that would, you know, that it logically that would put us at that 32 fouls a game uh, for the game, which is very high for a, um, for any fixture, really. And most fixtures are around 25. Um, so, yeah, being a derby and with two teams that are actually dirty enough as it is. Um, and obviously Swindon, we've since this game was supposed to have been played, Changed managers to John Sheridan, unfortunately. <laughs> um, he's had an instant impact um, on on our on actually fouls by the looks of it. Um, we're we're now uh, second worst in the Fair Play League with twenty nine yellows. Um, we had five on in on Tuesday night against Lincoln and four last weekend against Bristol Rovers. Um, so it's not it's i mean we're we're just not really we're not really a good team now at, at all under under him i don't think um the lincoln game was scrappy the accrington game was the worst defensive display i think i've ever seen in the third division game uh they just looked absolutely i mean goalkeeping wise we have a keeper who just doesn't come off his line um and he's being blooded in like a man united youth prospect but he's just it's, i think it's too soon for him um so i think it's just gonna be a scrappy game um, but one thing I could say, we did respond to that Accrington defeat um, against Bristol Rovers. They they did actually, I, I was worried that we looked like the team, just the players didn't care uh, who they were playing for anymore. And, but against Bristol Rovers, there was a bit more fire in there. So I don't, I, I don't think we need to worry about that so much, actually. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have been tipping it without a bit of a response in the last two games. Um yeah, uh, so it's it's now it's a bigger price than it was um, for a red card. Previously, it was only five to one, but it's now thirteen to two uh, in this game, which is based probably on the change. It was Ollie Yates was referee appointment, but it's now Carl Boyerson. Um, he gives three point two cards per game, zero point two reds per game, um, which is and a red for every fourteen yellows he displays. So off off that logic. Um, if we expect five yellows here, um, which is more than Boyerson would give, but is about what I expect based on foul count uh, and teams involved and the fact there's a derby, uh, then it should be, yeah, it's not going to go off at that price at all, obviously, but that would actually suggest if there were five yellows, that a red would be just a shade under two to one. I make it more about nine, nine to two, really, because I don't, don't think we can necessarily expect that many the yellows, but it is a bit of a price um, for over 45 booking points as well. 15 to 8 at William Hill when it's only evens at Skybet. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is one of those games where it, it, what's also interesting is that we're both side by side on points. So um, it's actually kind of more importance to this even even more so than, than it might have been a few weeks back. Um, Oxford have not got off to the start that they were expecting at all. Um, so... So actually quite important to, to the league standings as well. Um, and maybe uh, I think Oxford will pull away from us, but yeah, maybe, maybe actually still some points in a relegation battle. So uh, 13 to two for a red card in our game. I think it's, I think it's far too big, really. Lovely. Hopefully for a, a bit of beef and a bit of biff and the uh, Oxford v Swindon derby game 
on Saturday in League One. Tom, over to you for your long shot. Can you make it four big price winners on the spin? Oh, let's hope so, Mark. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach this week, though. I'm going to back a um, a treble, um, a, a team to avoid defeat treble, basically. So you can back these in the double chance market. Um, I think the better price will come if you back them all plus half a goal on the Asian handicap with bet365. That should get you a bit more bang for your buck. Uh, obviously, the Asian markets are a bit more liquid, so you get um, quite a bit more value on it, really. Uh, the margins are tighter, so we'll get a bit more out of that, and it actually pays 11-2 uh, this, um, so just over 5-1, to 5.5-1. to one. And I'm going to start with Southampton to avoid defeat at home to Man United. Um, I am aware of Man United's very good away record this season. Um, they've won quite a few, but I do think they've been pretty lucky in a couple of them too. And you think that's that Brighton game that they should have lost that, never mind won it. Um, and yeah, they've had a few penalties go the way. I do expect that to regress to the main too. And, um, yeah, just in general, I can't have Man United anywhere near evens against the Southampton side that have really impressed me. They've actually been really good at home this season, weirdly. Um, they were a team that I love to back away from home at big prices last season um, because their away record, I think it was the fourth best in the league. Um, but they've been decent at St Mary's this season. They scored two or more in the last five. Um, they've kept clean sheets in the last three as well. They were all 2-0 uh, all wins. And I was looking at the data for them games as well, and they actually kept their opponents to quite quite little amount, which is surprising for them. They're usually quite open. They tend to score goals but concede them too. But defensively, I've been really impressed. I really like um, how Vestergaard's come in and shown his worth. I think that he's been brilliant alongside Bednarek. Um, he's kind of shifted Stevens out, out of the team. And uh, the, the lad Salisu, who came in from Valladolid, has not got a sniff. I'm not sure if he's injured or not, but Vestergaard's really stood up. Um, and I think that if they can keep Man United to scoring zero or one goals here, I think Southampton get something from the game. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm yet to be convinced by Man United. Um, and I can't believe Southampton are around 10 to 11, or maybe even a bit bigger, um, to avoid defeat in that. So that would be my first angle in to the treble. Um, next one is Wolves away at Arsenal. Um, I just don't really like to back Arsenal, <laughs> especially at short prices. Um, they're still not convinced. They're not any different, really, from what they were under Emery. Um, under Emery, they were more attack-minded. Um, they did create more, slightly, um, but they did give away less. But it's kind of gone the other way under Arteta. They're not getting anything going forward. I think they've had the least touches in the opposition box. Uh, really low for shots as well, shots in the box. And uh, Wolves are a team that don't give much away. And um, Connor Cody should be back here. Went to a back four against Saints, which was a bit odd. Um, I did not expect that. Um, I think Nuno will run scared of that now. And uh, in his pre in his uh, press conference, he, he seemed like he can't wait to get Cody back and go back to his tr tried and trusted 5-2-3 formation. 
And yeah, Wolves have a good record at the likes of Arsenal and the rest of the top six away from home. Um, I think that they can get something there. Arsenal, I just see as a very average Premier League team, probably not even a top half team. So yeah, Wolves to avoid defeat looks a nice price around five to six. And the last one I'm going to have a look at is Nantes in France to avoid defeat at Marseille. Now, I've seen a lot going around on Twitter this week after Marseille's loss against Porto at home. Um, just how bad they've been in the Champions League. I think they've had um, a handful of shots over three games. Um, they've been terrible going forward. They've not shown any effort to cause any problems for opposition defences, even in the home games. It's a it's a group that they could have got out of as well with Olympiacos and Porto in there. Um, obviously, Man City were going to run away with it, but um, yeah, they've been a shambles and Vias Boas coming in for criticism and rightly right we so. The only thing that's keeping in, him in a job at the minute for me is the fact that they're sixth in the league, but they should not be sixth. Um, it's quite incredible that they've managed to win five games this season. Um, they're averaging under one expected goal over them five wins, um, which is crazy. Uh, that just won't continue if they continue with performances like that. Uh, the win at Strasbourg last week, they had one shot, which uh, totaled an XG of 0.06, and they ended up winning 1-0. Bizarre. Um, they've also beaten Lorient, PSG, Brest, Bordeaux, um, but they've been rarely won, and they haven't deserved to win these games. Um and the, even the draws have seen 0.31, 0.75 and 0.82 expected goals for. So basically, if Nantes score here, I think that they avoid defeat. And um, Nantes have been quite unlucky this season. They sit 14th in the table, but they actually rank 9th uh, when you're looking at expected goals. They were unlucky not to get the win midweek at Lens, who have been an excellent team to watch this season. Uh, they're won the XG battle there 1.84 to 0.74. Um, so they're, they're in decent form as well. They're not losing many games, looking solid enough at the back. And I think that they can score here and avoid defeat. So a bit of a long-winded answer for this one, but the treble is Southampton, Wolves and Nantes, all plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap. Pays 11 to 2 or 6.5 with Bet365. That'll be my long shot and hoping for four in a row. Yeah, I was going to say long-winded is absolutely fine when you just knocked in three long-shot winners on the spin, Tom. So any time you want. Um, we'll stay with you, actually, for your next best. So mm. far away. Yeah, I'm going to go a bit, bit um, stats-based here. and It's a game in the championship between Cardiff and Luton that appeals to me um, just because I don't think it'll be a very good game uh, under 2.5 goals is trading at 4-5 to five, or 1.8, I love that I'm surprised that's not more like a 4-7 to seven shot to be honest um, the championship's been horrible this season from a punting perspective and uh, generally just the results there's been a lot of unders um, you've had quite a few brilliant games in there. The likes of Bournemouth Reading last week. Um, Stoke have had a few good games as well. But generally, it's a very tight league. There's not much between all of the sides. There's real dearth of quality going forward, I think, as well. And teams tend to be a lot more pragmatic, especially when it's so well matched. 
are going thinking about just staying the game, and I think that's going to be the case here. Um, Nathan Jones has obviously gone back into Luton um, after his spell, getting them out of League One, where his side were really good going forward, really adventurous, pummeled in the shots and corners. Um, They were really good for goals backers in League One, scored plenty, um, but they've not been any anything like that since he's come back in. 18 of his 22 games since he's come back have gone under 2.5 goals, which is a, a staggering amount. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just showing that they want to stay in games as long as they can. And they are getting points from it. I think if they do stay up this season, you've got to put it down as another good enough season. Um, but it's not been pretty to watch. And Cardiff under Neil Harris, who's another quite defensive-minded manager, um, likes to play relatively direct football. Um, Unders has landed in 12 of the 21 games he's um, been in charge of since he's gone in there. Um, 77% of Cardiff games this season have gone under 2.5. 85% of Luton's games have gone unders. Um, so I'm confused that under 2.5 is 4-5. to five. It's pretty short in other places, but that's still there with Bet365. I've just checked now. So, um, yeah, I'm not really a, a backer of unders, but when the stats are that overwhelming, I've got to get on board with it. So, under 2.5 goals, Cardiff versus Luton, 4-5 to five will be my next best. Yeah, I'll be on board with that as well. Some very overwhelming stats in your favour there. So, fingers crossed they play ball on Saturday. Over to you, Will, for your next best. Yeah, more of the same, really, in a championship game uh, for a bit of a low-quality unders. Um, hottest of stats for you. Wickham have lost Wickham have lost eight of 13 games this season. Uh, all eight of those games, Akinfenwa didn't start. Uh, Wickham have avoided defeat in the other five, and all five of them Akinfenwa started. So <laughs> make of that what you will. The, the chair boys, Ronaldo. Uh <laughs> I just can't believe a player like that can have that much impact. But, I mean, obviously, he really affects their shape. And uh, so the fact that he, st- he should start this game, um, he's been, been, been featuring in recent weeks and their form has really improved. So I'm pro Wickham here. Um, Derby obviously sacked Philip Koku after a horrid run of form, bottom of the championship. Uh, they've been used to disappointment, but it's not usually defeats that they're used to. It's usually just playoff disappointment. Um, 12 consecutive years in the championship now and finished top half in, in all of the last nine uh, seasons and then playoffs in four of the last seven of them as well. Uh, so this has kind of, well, maybe not come out of nowhere. I guess Derby fans might have seen it coming, but um, they weren't expected to be bottom of the league. Uh, so I guess that sacking is probably well justified. Names that are being thrown around um, are John Terry doing very well as assistant coach at Villa. Um, Rooney to step up. Yeah, yuck, if I agree for sure. But um, Rooney maybe step up from player or player to manager um, or Sam Allardyce. I I know that, um, Tom, you were quite keen on Eddie Howe, but it looks like he's drifted in the markets now. I think there's quite a few managers that have come in and out of of, uh, favouritism for this job. Yeah, uh, it doesn't take doesn't much at all to shift their markets. You could put that is true. Fiver on it and you'll get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eddie's favourite for the Celtic job, anyway. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm. 
Uh, Steve McLaren's come back in as technical director. Maybe I, I'm sure they'll get out of this, but um, at the moment, there's not really any reason to support them. Um, obviously, Wickham are, I mean, since I last did a pre, I think I backed Millwall to beat them about six weeks ago, and they, they did. And I'm, I'm obviously not very pro Wickham, really, in terms of uh, their capabilities. But this this upturn in form and Akin Femme playing and... Um, and more just anti-derby bet. Um, they they are trending up at the back, particularly like defensively wise. They're they're actually they've only conceded more than two. Uh, they haven't conceded sorry more than two goals in their last eleven now, um, and con- and conceded just four goals in their last six games in the championship, which is not what you'd expect from a team that's twenty third. But maybe that just is um, a result of how low scoring this division is, like we've just been going on about. So. Uh, I don't think Derby should be favourites. Um, there's a bit of a crisis mode there, obviously. Um, and I think, obviously, the number of goals-wise, these teams have just scored 11 goals between them. So we, we shouldn't really be expecting too much. Uh, clearly, the quality of opposition has an impact on how many goals you can score. But neither have really had tough fixture lists. Um, their the average position of the teams that Derby has played so far this season is 10th and the average of Wick for Wickham is 11th. So they're not, it's not that they've played suddenly all played top half teams and that's why they're down there and not scoring. Um, so my main, my main play, well, my play really, um, I tried to think about a few ways of getting on this, but it's Wickham double chance and under 3.5 goals is six to four. Um, with in most places, I think you can get six to four at Bet365 and William Hill. Uh, this covers six score lines, which isn't a huge amount, but it covers nil nil, um, one one, and then any any Wickham victory essentially. So one nil, two nil, two one, three nil. They're not going to score four. Uh, <laughs> it could be three one, but um, and this has paid out in eleven of Derby's thirteen matches this season. And five of Wickham's last six. Uh, there's a more conservative ways of getting on something like this. Uh, I, I did look at Wickham plus two handicap and under 3.5 goals. It's only 1.61 or or eight to 13, but that covers. That even then would cover you with uh, one goal victory wins for for Derby. Um, so that, that could be worth a worth considering if you if you think Derby could edge it just about. Um, and that is also one in eight of. Uh, Derby's last nine matches um, and 12 of, sorry, eight of Wickham's last nine and 12 of Derby's 13. So two ways of opposing Derby really, but mainly the six to four shout on double chance Wickham and under 3.5 goals. Yeah, like that should be a really interesting game. Great to see Wickham finally starting to string together some competitive displays after a difficult start to the season. But uh, let's move on now. It's the best part of the show, really, I say. Uh, it's the Naps. Uh, go back to you, Tom, for your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, it's pretty rare that I stay in the Premier League, but I'm really excited for the two-time game on Saturday between Everton and um, Leeds. Uh, obviously, both sides have been really entertaining this season from different perspectives, really. Leeds, really interesting how that they play um, off the ball. I really just had a look at them in depth this week and how they play and what's completely different about it. And it's so fluid how they play. I mean, you've got Harrison and Costa or Rafinha coming off the wings and Stuart Dallas pops up absolutely everywhere. So does Click. 
Um, it just bamboozles the fences, and uh, they tend to have to do that because teams sit quite deep against them, just like Arsenal did. Um, and that that does work for them most of the time. It's, it's a good way. It's less predictable. Um, but I think Leeds will be licking their lips at the fact that they're playing against this Everton side, who I highly doubt are going to be playing a low block. And um, Leeds kind of thrive in these games. I was tempted to go for Leeds and both teams to score as my long shot in this. Um, but I've, I've just gone for both teams to score and over 2.5 goals at 1.89. Um, I think that's with Boyle Sports, a few other places too, 20 to 23, uh, if you will, in, in your fractions. And I can't actually believe that Everton have, since that uh, opening game against Spurs, which was probably the worst game I've ever watched in my entire life, <laughs> there's been um, uh, two overs and both teams of scores copped in all but one of them. And um, they've conceded two or more in every single one, which is bizarre. I, I, that hadn't even crossed my mind. I know that they hadn't been brilliant at the back, but they seem to be getting wins nevertheless. And Have you seen who those goals have been conceded against, Tom, as well? Yeah, I mean, West Brom, who were down to 10 for a, a bit of it as well. Fulham, obviously, last week. Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't board... Uh, that well for you, for you if you're an Everton fan and you're going to be coming up against the decent sides this season obviously they got caught out against Man United um, and yeah Carlo's got a job to do to kind of sort out that balance um, because they will drop down the league once they start playing these good teams but it's really good to watch I, I love to watch Everton um, that game against Fulham was really entertaining uh, the early game on Sunday, loved watching that, and I think that this is going to be even better. So, Leeds, given how well they play against teams who leave spaces, they will exploit it. But Calvert Lewin's and Manning, great form, um, still chalking up the goals for our 101 anti post shot, uh, which I'll keep going on about until he gets <laughs> injured or stops scoring. Um, so, yeah, Leeds have seen overs landing three or four away. Um, as well and both teams to score and overs has landed in 78% of Everton games this season so it should be end to end Uh, both sides right up there for shots and expected goals Uh, they're both right up there for expected goals against as well which comes as no surprise when you're looking at the 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 hard data if you will and um, yeah don't don't rate either defence particularly that much so they might as well just both go for it and it should be goals at both ends so both teams to score on overs, 20 to 23, or 1.89. That'll be my nap on Saturday tea time. Yeah, all on board with that, Tom. Really like it. Uh, certainly outlined it myself in the Premier League this weekend. Uh, Will, over to you for your favourite fancy. Yep, staying with the English football this weekend. Um, two teams that were relegated together from League One last season uh, face off in uh, League Two this weekend. Bolton v Southend. Um Bolton obviously last season deducted 12 points, so that, I mean that contributed to relegation, but it were they still would have been relegated regardless. Southend just absent of investment really, um, 19 points from 35 matches. Uh, Bolton beat them in their only meeting last season. The other game was was after the curtailment, so um, 
Yeah, uh, Seaside, well, Shrimpers, Southend last weekend had to call off their game against Cambridge um, at short notice. Well, I think it was Friday night they called it off uh, due to positive COVID tests. Um, and they claim that they would only be able to field 10 players. Um, there's not only COVID tests that were present at that point, but also just quite a few injuries for them. Then uh, Mark Molesley's been uh, lamenting Harry Lennon's long-term injury at centre-back. Um, they did obviously manage to to play on on uh, in midweek, so that issue is not so much there, but it's, it's still not been a great period for them to endure that on top of all the other strains that they've had monetarily um uh they did they have managed a couple more respectful results uh in their last two um but the data actually behind those is still pretty woeful they were outshot 18 to 11 when they won away at Walsall last weekend or the weekend before um and then they had zero shots on goal uh, on target at least anyway in their one uh, nil defeat to forest green on tuesday um, so then, yeah, this young and thin squad moves on to Bolton this weekend, who I think are trending up nicely. Um, I think, obviously, when you get such a bad start that they did have, the prices at some point will hit um, a peak where you probably then, when that form starts to, to improve, you're not going to get that again. And I think that might, that game might have been uh, their game against spot, bottom, second bottom, sorry, Scunfort in midweek as well. They were they opened at. Uh, six to four, and then they came into six to five in the end at uh, kickoff, but uh, beat them one nil. But it was quite a comfortable win, and that's their third win in the league in a row now. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to win the league at all. I think that five, I think everyone kind of agreed that the five to one on them winning League Two preseason anti post was was a bit of a joke, really. And there's often prices like that um, on relegated big teams that get no way near. Um, and Ian Everett isn't getting carried away but they uh, those three wins in a row they've also named the same starting 11 in all three of those games um, so yeah definite massive improvements from them I, I think if you'd have played this game as the first game of the season you'd probably look at maybe two to five really um, and instead just because of the fact that Bolton are still mid-table and haven't done so well um Everyone or there was no expectancy on South End, whereas there was an expectancy on Bolton. Um, so I think you would probably have seen two to five, and it's actually eight to thirteen for Bolton to win, which is a little bit too short for for me to tip. Um, I did consider I wanted to get with Bolton in some manner at least. Uh, Owen Doyle's now scored in two of his last three. Obviously, he absolutely tore the league apart from a goal scoring perspective last season, and you would not be getting six to four usually on him to score last season for Swindon. Uh, it was he was evens or or under evens, um, so he might he's probably he's, he's a possible punt for me at that price um, against the bottom team. Um, the fact that Southend have a minus twenty goal difference tells me that I think Bolton will have a decent chance of scoring a couple of goals. Um, but I, I think the better play for a nap at least um, is Bolton minus one Asian handicap. So. At 11 to 10 with Bet Victor. Um, if they win by just one, you get your money back. If they win by more than one, full stakes payout. Uh, that's my nap. Lovely stuff. Um, okay, guys, um, any other business you'd like to share before we call it quits? Uh, I'm going to open the floor up to either of you now. So shout if you have something else you'd like to shout about. Go on, man. Go on, then, Mark. <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple on the continent that I just want to. Put up here, um, Sassuolo are against Inter Milan this 
weekend, which should be a great game. And I, I would be laying into Milan at the prices, to be fair. I think that they're very short. Um, Sassuolo, a massive goal for it, actually. And the bet that I'd like here, actually, more than anything, is Sassuolo to score over 1.5 team goals. It's 7-5. Um, they've scored 4, 4, 2, 2, 4, 3, 1 and 0 this season. Uh, so they've been racking up the goals. They're right up there in terms of the shot data. Um, and all the XG, etc. And uh, Inter obviously fell to that defeat against Madrid. Conceded two again there. Uh, they've conceded two or more in five of eight in the league this season as well. They've just not looked the same at the back. Uh, Conte seems to have this problem quite a bit. Um, when he goes into like, his second or third season, his, his kind of preferred formation, everyone can find it out and... Uh, get at them and Sassuolo will be bang up for it and I think that they can cause a few problems. Uh, I do like them on the Asian handicap plus a half as well. Um, another team I like on the Asian handicap are Stuttgart against Bayern. Bayern actually got battered against Salzburg. Uh, I think they conceded around 2.8 expected goals, around 11 shots on target. If it wasn't for Manuel Neuer in net, um, they would have lost that game I think uh, but they ended up winning 3-1 just being a bit more clinical but Stuttgart are a side that I think are more than capable of scoring one or two against Bayern here and uh, they've been really good going forward this season Bayern have had plenty of games at the minute um, they're conceding plenty of chances and they've got a whole host of defensive injury issues so Stuttgart you can get them around 1.73 plus 2 on the Asian handicap um, so you'd only lose your money if buying one by three or more goals. Uh, considering I think Stuttgart will score one or two here, I think that that's a good thing. And uh, my old trusty PSG and under four and a half goals this weekend at home to Bordeaux. It's five to six. What are the bookies playing at? They keep pricing these up. They're even money. Uh, it makes no sense whatsoever. They're on one to five to win, uh, but they don't batter teams. So, yeah, that's a magic price. That was going to be my nap, but the Everton game just edged it out for me. Um, but that should be around 1.7. You're getting 1.83. So, yeah, get involved with that. Magic price. I like it. Will, anything else? Yeah, just quickly. I like that Sassuolo play. they got some great players at the moment. That few big clubs sniffing around uh, Locatelli in midfield. Um, mm. I also think I said the long shot was 13 to 2, mixing up my decimals. It's actually 6.5, so it's 11 to 2, so same price as Tom's. Um, I still really fancy you. it. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, I, 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 just, I quite like Bristol City uh, away at Reading. I think everyone's been opposing Reading. They've now, uh, they're now winless in five. Um, the data just hadn't really supported them, although they actually are above uh, Bristol City on, on the data. Um, only five teams have conceded more than the Royals um, and I think Bristol City are a little bit too big um, so I'll, I'll be backing them at plus zero age off a scratch handicap basically uh, at just a shade under 11 to 10 with either 365 or Bet Victor. that's it really from me no, no other things superb stuff alright guys we've got plenty of bets plenty of insight plenty of research to chew over before the weekend so thanks very much for your time and efforts uh guys listening if you have an opportunity to share the podcast please do it means a huge amount 
um, you know, obviously, uh, hopefully get us out to a few more listeners going forward. But um, if there's any feedback, anything you've enjoyed or, or not so, do let us know and we'll try and adapt things for future editions. Uh, your views and opinions will always help us try and sculpt a show that you guys want to listen to going forward. But uh, for now, it's thanks very much to the guys. So thank you, Will. Thanks a lot, mate. Have a good weekend. Cheers. And to you too, Tom. Cheers. Best of luck this weekend, guys. Good stuff. This has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Thank you and we'll chat soon. Mm-hmm.